Hey! Hey, you're right. Yeah. Just Again. to restart. Yeah, I just yeah, I just restarted it and it works now. Oh. Yeah, it sounds like a Microsoft kind of thing to do. Um, yeah. Just like. I mean, what is what, what is that about? How ridiculous yeah. is that? You just restart your computer and it works. Yeah, I know. Um, like, I've tested a bunch of stuff like Zoom and FaceTime and everything, and like they're good and Skype's good, but Skype's the one where I have the issues of like, of it just uh, freaking out and stuff, you know. Mm. What's uh, what does the quality look like on uh, on your end? Uh, not too bad, yeah. It's all right. Looks looks super pixely on mine, but it might just be my internet. Yeah, I mean it's probably like 480p feeling, you know. Yeah, that's it. Which, but that's about as good as it gets over um, over this shit. I think no one's actually doing yeah. full HD yet. Yeah, I've got a. Um... I've got the A7S recording, but I might need to check it in a minute and see what it looks like. Yeah, I know. I had this, um, the last one I did with a friend, I set mine and it was like, I have my lens on 1.8. So it was just it's fine here and then I'll be here and I'll be out of focus and it was just a nightmare. Ah, uh, shit. Well, the, um, the A7 I'm using has got incredible autofocus. Oh, shit, so, yeah. Um, should be fine. What were you using to film? That was a Blackmagic Pocket Cam, so it's got dog shit. I don't even know if it's got autofocus anyway. It's probably not. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about that camera? I love it, yeah. For like a tiny little camera, it's unbelievable. Um, cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like as soon as you put a speed boost on it, because I've got the little Micro Four Thirds one, and you put a decent lens on and give it a V-lock, I know that kind of goes against the point of it, but then uh, it, it, it's a lot. It's just a really powerful camera. Like it was better than my FS5, I think, in a way. Mm, yeah. Um, just as far as like it's yeah. spitting out a nice clean ProRes, and I didn't have to have the Shogun and everything. Yeah, I'm using the FS5 at the moment. It's uh, I feel like it's it's sort of uh, just like coming to the end of it now. It's yeah. Just, it's very shit in low light. Um, and you can do some nice stuff with it. I just think it's it's starting to get overtaken now mm -hmm. by um, smaller, cheaper cameras. That's it. it. It was bang on when it first came out, and you could put it through the Atmos mm. and stuff. It was like I couldn't believe how how good it was from this little parcel that was just had like a tiny Small. footprint. Yeah, I remember when yeah. I got it out the box, just the body. It had the kind of same footprint as a 5D that I had, and I was like, it's the same fucking size, but. Like obviously slightly thicker, but just such a good camera for its size. Yeah, I mean it's just it's crazy now though, isn't it? Like A7s, you've got um, yeah, like the the Black Magic. Just it's it's crazy how how tiny they are. Literally, like even yeah. just the A6500. I use the A6500 for loads of random yeah, things, but... like a B camera, or C camera. And if you're shooting 4K, it's yeah, it looks nice. Looks really it's got nice. um, inbuilt stabilization, everything that hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's such a small camera too. Like I had the A sixty three hundred, and it was it was a real good like travel camera or just a B camera you can throw up. Yeah, really yeah. Good. I always recommend them. Like if anyone asks me what what camera to get just for like traveling, doing videos, I always recommend those. Yeah, A sixty five hundred, so good. Yeah. Now I've I bought the. Big Ursa, which is back there, and it was um, that was 
to replace my FS5 and I kind of just, I love it. And the picture you get from it's bang on and for, for most of the shoots I would use that. But if there was anything, like I did a shoot in Amsterdam just before all this kicked off and I, I just didn't take it, I took the pocket cam and that's it. Because you don't need anything apart from this little, um, just, you know, you can miss a lot of shots having a bigger camera. I think having those small cameras mm. makes it much more, um, and uh, you, what you get out of it can be better. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, what do, you, what do you normally use for shoots? What would you say is a sort of standard? My camera setup, yeah. what do you mean? Um, it ranges from the pocket on a Ronin or the Ursa on sticks or a dolly. Or, yeah. Um, I rarely, I rarely use jibs to be fair, but just everything, everything, a lot of handheld stuff I'd use the Ursa for. Um, and I like shooting handheld more than I do with gimbal these days anyway, just because. It's got just, a nicer uh, feel, hasn't it? Yeah. And it, it, again, though, it's, it's getting more organic shots that you would never have gotten if you're trying to really set this thing up. Yeah. It's nice to just whip it out. You can be like, especially over the 24 or 70, you can be getting a nice wide or something, then a tight or something and moving around. And, if you really needed to, like a tiny bit of warp stabilization these days, it's just exactly. sort it straight out. Yeah, I mean, I, f I think people people just get obsessed with equipment, don't they? Yeah. People get obsessed with just like getting every single little piece of equipment. And for me, like all of my favorite videos, I've just shot on the simplest, the simplest setups. Mm -hmm. Whenever whenever I try and get too fancy or use too much, I always just end up like missing shots. Um, well, yeah, just, I don't know, just get, get, you get like an artificial look. Just, I prefer it, just like keeping it simple. Yeah, and so like you've got a slip back there, even with, um, with say, interviews and stuff, it's, I found even not slating things as nicer. Because mm -hmm. um, the last thing you need is like, a, you, you sit down your interviewee and then there's a clapboard in front of their face and all of a sudden it becomes Makes really them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and they lock up a bit. For um, sure, for sure. Instead of yeah, it just I mean, being a conversation, then rolling into it. Exactly. Yeah, I've done so many interviews now because um, just for other years, just doing random work like corporate stuff, and obviously, the majority of people just feel extremely uncomfortable as soon as you surround them with lights, cameras, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I guess you learn over time like different tricks they need just to make people feel more comfortable. But yeah. the, the the less you can have around them, the more chilled out they'll be. Yeah, for sure. I even think it's um, like if you could really get it get away with it, a lot of people would be more comfortable with just an iPhone. Just yeah. think of like it, there'll be times everybody's used to a phone being pointed on them these days, and and people take a pictures of or videos to some degree, and that people are kind of getting getting used to that I feel um, so if you if you could just shoot interviews on an iPhone even these days the iPhone 11 Pro is just ridiculous the camera on it you could get away with a lot of stuff especially if it's going out for Instagram on that yeah for sure for sure and that's the other thing as well like people just getting obsessed with quality and obsessed with equipment when 90, 99% of the content is just going to be used on Instagram or like even now, even now for stories and the quality is just shit anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just yeah, I just I don't think it's such a big issue. Equipment. Nah, definitely not. 
and it's in a way that's kind of worrying and i think it is yeah it's been on this this pattern for a while now where like dp's 10 years ago say the part of the access is like there was a point where you had to have alexa mini money or f55 money and then suddenly the fs7 came along and diluted a lot of that and it meant that the entry level was lower and then now we're just talking about cameras that are 1100 pounds but amazingly good so the entry level's lower again which just means more people can access it which is great for art but then it's also scary when you're trying not to get liquidated yeah for sure i mean like any anyone with an a6500 now can just like produce a cool video you know they can learn premiere from youtube for a couple of weeks they can download some cool like packs and stuff look packs and all of that yeah and like obviously you can tell the difference between a like we can we can tell the difference between someone that's like you know legit and someone that's just sort of like shooting on a6500 but i'd say the majority of the people out there wouldn't really be able to tell the difference yeah absolutely you know i mean i mean yeah it's just like it obviously depends how good they are but you can you can you can get very far with just very minimal minimal money and equipment nowadays i i do like it though at the same time because yeah like i say it's i mean we wouldn't be here doing what we do if it wasn't for that bar lowering anyway exactly yeah and it's and sure. and think about the amount of cool things that have come out of people using fs7s over the years there's like so many individual like indie features and stuff and indie docs that have come out of the fact that you can buy a camera for seven grand and pretty much have a production company going um, exactly that all that's going to do is just create a wider array of, of cool documentaries and stories and like the youtube market blows up because you can make a 20 minute documentary on your holidays about one particular subject put it on youtube and it's just if the content's nice people will watch it and uh exactly it's just more more fun stuff to watch i guess yeah for sure do you um do you make personal content or is it all just for work it's all just for work really like yeah I, the past two times i've been at bali now i've taken the pocket camera with me and my s7 and I've just, just never never got around to using it. <laughs> it was pointless. Like I just every every single opportunity that I'd need to, I'd be like, oh, yeah. I'll get my iPhone out and take a picture of that. There's yeah, never exactly. been a time when like I just take so much planning, and especially when you you've got NDs and all that kind of thing on the go. It, 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 no, I just never make any, and I'm always worried as well a little bit that. You've you've kind of got to hit a certain standard, otherwise, if you come back from holiday exactly. and you've made this holiday edit and it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's quite shit. average, yeah. yeah, yeah, then it it looks bad on you. So you have to kind of um, you feel like you have to knock it out the park or just not do it. And I'm always just not do it because I'd rather just enjoy the whole day a bit more. We do this, yeah, like, that's, that's week the thing. in week out. Have you have you seen the guy on um, have you seen the guy on Vimeo that makes these like crazy travel videos? No, he uses like hyperlapses. Uh, you might, but he did like a video in Tokyo and it was just loads of like mental hyperlapses. But, um, so that guy just shoots on basically an A6500 or an A7, just very basic equipment, just like one of those little handheld gimbals. Mm-hmm. And if you watch his videos, like that's the sort of level you're competing with. Yep. So whenever, whenever, whenever I take like a little camera, I always end up doing a few shots 
I start editing it and I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't be asked with this. Like, people are going to be comparing it to these like mental travel videos. So I just, I just never get around to doing it. Yeah, I think that's it. And uh, there are some people who specialize in it. Like yeah. Sam Calder, he basically, you'll have seen some of his work, right? Who's that? Say again. Sam Calder. Uh, I don't think so. He might be. Uh, I don't think that's who you're talking about because he, he now he's gone. He started out as a filmmaker and he's done some work with yeah. Jim Shark and he, he, he kind of just, um, he was at the front of using a Phantom and mixing it with a, with a Ronin and just What's really his name like again? Let me, let me just put his name. Sam Calder with a K. But he's now progressed Sam, into KOLD. Uh, KOLD. What is it? K O L D? E R. Colder. Yeah. He'll have a ton like of followers. Wildlife stuff. Yeah, maybe. That might be him. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. If he's got probably over a hundred thousand followers, that'll be him. If you want yeah, yeah, this is him. Yeah, I think I've seen I've seen I've seen his stuff on Instagram before. And he's got one point yeah. six million followers. How many? One point six million. He's now it's a joke, isn't it? He's basically, uh, he was at the, I mean, everything he does is all that teal and kind of blue, uh, the teal yeah, orange yeah. feel about orange. it. Yeah. But he's, he smashes it. Like he, he started off being the guy sh shooting everything and now he's become the guy who gets shot by all, he's got a production company following around essentially. Mm. Um, and that's who you're competing with when you're trying to do full-time travel and exactly. brand lifestyle stuff. Yeah. It's like, and he's still on. I don't think he uses a red that much. He probably does, but I think most of the time he's still on the smaller cameras. Mm. It's like um, you know, like Peter Peter McKinnon. Yeah. And uh, obviously Casey Neistat. I say Casey Neistat's a bit different, but Peter McKinnon's the same. Like when he first started, it was all like all his content, and all of his guys. It, it slowly shifts, doesn't it? To from from them filming to them getting filmed. Yeah, I don't know why that is. I get. I guess people just like build their personality, don't they? People want to yeah. follow a personality. I guess it's it's a natural progression from like like vloggers say vloggers spend half the time camera on them, half the time camera on whatever they're shooting, and eventually people just want to hear more from the the person who's creating. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it just makes sense for it to, to go that way. As long as the quality doesn't drop, obviously, because... I don't know. It, it, say with Sam Calder, he's moved away from being a one-man band, so he's now got people drawn up, and as well as someone carrying a run, and just people to carry bags, so everything's just gotten more of a production quality about it. So it's not that... You're not going to notice a drop-off him transitioning into being on camera, because he's, he's upped the, the production level behind camera. Hmm yeah what do you think about all those like youtubers and stuff i, I there's, there's that part where you kind of have to be uh the old man and just be like the fuck's all this shit but there's also the part where it's like that's the way it's going the, the, the reason youtubers are getting hundreds of thousands of views is because people want that so it's like you can either fight it or try and understand it and i'm trying mm. to understand it um I mean, even TikTok, some of the shite you see on TikTok, that goes it's viral. Isn't it? But it's it's apparently what people like because it's getting the 
it's getting shared, it's getting views. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, uh, I feel like if I was if I was that younger generation, I, I probably would be doing it as well. Um, I feel like it's just natural now for, for anyone that's like in photography, video, it's just as much about what you're filming as it is about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but how, how old are you? Uh, 28 last week. 28, exactly. Yeah, same as me. So, well, 29. So, um, yeah, I feel like we, we, we just missed that wave. Like it's, it's sort of like the 24, 25-year-olds. Mm -hmm. uh, they were sort of like just born into this whole social media thing. Yeah. Whereas we sort of, we had, we were around before, before social media. So we're just like, you know, taking a little bit longer to catch on to it. Um, but yeah, I reckon it's like very strange for a, for a 16 or 17 year old now to not have TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, like it'd be a very peculiar thing. Oh, absolutely. But, it'd be, but, you'd be an outlier, I think. Yeah. But I mean like 28 year olds, 29 year olds, there is a fair few of us that don't, you know, we're not really actively posting on Instagram. Facebook's still like hanging on, isn't it? Now you've got like TikTok taking over. Yeah, Facebook's by a thread. I, I feel like their generation now has just shifted completely up to our parents' Eatering. age. It's yeah, crazy. exactly. Yeah, my mum's my mum's just all over Facebook, just yeah, sharing sharing shit, getting scammed on a daily basis. They fucking love the little stickers as well. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> yeah. them. They love sharing them. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it won't die out Facebook because they're more than just that social media platform now, and then the whatever's next they'll just buy it because they've got the money to exactly. do it now like with instagram that's why that's why they're just like that's why they bought whatsapp that's why they try to buy tiktok yeah it's whenever they see something coming they just buy it or they just copy it mm -hmm. well they did a good it. job i think with with um you know like they they tried to buy snapchat and got refused i think it was like three billion or something as well snapchat's mm. pretty shit as a platform anyway but does it still exist it does, yeah, but I don't. No way. I just can't fathom how they really make money from it. You do see the odd ad on there, but like, it can't be enough to be paying for a platform and turning down Facebook kind of money, you know? For sure, yeah. I mean, I, I reckon they made a mistake not not accepting the uh, Facebook Probably. offer. Because just overnight, Facebook just introduced the whole Facebook stories and all of that shit, and Instagram, Instagram stories. Instagram Live, Instagram filters, all of that—it just, just took over Snapchat, didn't it? Yeah. Like you, you can pretty much expect that kind of behavior from Facebook these days, I think. Yeah, they're just ruthless, aren't they? Yeah, and it's the same with Apple. I think Apple, uh, Apple try and buy everything they can, and if they can't buy it, they make it difficult because they know their ecosystem's so big. They make it difficult for people to kind of plug into that ecosystem. Um, it's all about leverage of these companies isn't it yeah for sure yeah so you've been busy before this all went down yeah i mean uh i don't know about you but i've i've sort of been enjoying the whole uh lockdown yeah. just because it's uh it's just been a nice break from just the constant traveling for the last sort of three or four years i've just been traveling non-stop every couple of months i'll go to a new place or every month um and every every year, I sort of I make a um, I make like an Instagram highlight of my 
a year of traveling and every single year I sort of I, I set goals for myself and every time I've said right next year I just want to travel a bit less um, and every year I just never I never do I end up accepting more jobs and just traveling more um, so for me this is this is like finally being the opportunity where I can just stay at home get a bit more of a routine um, work on some stuff that I've been meaning to to get done but I've just always been a bit too busy so it's been pretty good yeah because you don't even have a, a gym that you're based at right like you don't Jiu Jitsu like you be at all the time yeah yeah I mean t- to be honest I stopped training a while ago I um, I started training about 10 years ago and um, I'm one of those uh, I'm one of those horrible people that retired at Blue Belt <laughs> So I got my blue belt and I've just basically, since getting my blue belt, I've probably trained about 30 times in total. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, so I, I, which is strange because I'm just, I'm around gyms all the time. I film jiu-jitsu all the time, but I just barely ever train. Yeah. Do you never you? try and take the opportunity to do it whilst you're traveling? No? I do. I mean, I do, I do sometimes. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I just I don't know. I just I work so much that it's just uh, it's hard to fit it in. Yeah. And um I don't know, it's one of those things I've I've always felt like if I'm not going to do it properly, there's not really that much point in me doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like training sort of like once every 2 months or once every like month. For me it just doesn't really doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, I can get it. I mean like if at that point, you're you're picking up where you left off, with and and almost having to get your muscle memory up to it again. I know even if yeah, there's times when I've trained five or six times in one week, and the advancements you make then are like set, they're good, legit, yeah, yeah. And then the next week you might do like one session, and that like seven days between a session, just, just like resets back to eight, back to square one. Yeah, exactly. Everything you learned in that past session, you kind of like you maybe retain and a few percent of it because the next time you're training you're again just trying to get back into it yeah how long have you been training um like 18 months now yeah uh white belt or blue belt white belt so yeah it was september september 2018 it was back end where did you train uh carlson gracie but the it's in london but the we're based in clapham I think it's okay. kind of like a, a satellite one, a gym, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did um, you get into it? I don't even know. It was like, I was going through a weird mindset, I feel, back then. And that I was just like in a bit of a fuck it mood and I just didn't, I don't know. It was just, I needed to shake the tree a bit. And yeah. uh, it just seemed like the one of the obvious ones to go for. Like, my opinion on martial arts, for all of my life has just been that it's a bunch of shit and it's very much like karate kid and then, most of uh, it is to be honest <laughs> yeah that's it well, i think that like there's so much noise in this in the sphere that trying to figure out what's actually good is tough and i, I didn't not that i'd made my mind up when i went to train jiu-jitsu but it obviously the, the amount of people that do train it and who seem like decent people obviously joe rogan's a big one a big advocate for it and um listen to podcasts the amount of people like Guy Ritchie trains um, I don't know you get the idea that the people who are training it are just different they're not they're not boxer types or I don't know you don't get many interesting heads. people 
there's, yeah. there's a lot of interesting people involved isn't there yeah I feel like that was the appeal of it a little yeah. bit um, so how did you hear about it I think it was are you, think, in, are you into MMA or have you, did you watch I'd, MMA or? a little bit of a little bit of UFC I'd watched beforehand because um, I was one of them people who got into UFC through Conor McGregor and just watching him and um yeah, I think that was definitely a big part of it. It just seemed like it was the way to go where you're not going to get punched in the head. Um, For sure. And then, yeah, I think just the listening to Joe Rogan podcast kind of pushed me over the edge a little bit. And it was as simple as going on Google and typing in like a jiu-jitsu gym South London. It just so happens where I'm at, there's, there's fuck all like around South East. Um, there was like one gym nearby. They didn't get back to me. <laughs> But then the next one down the list did, and then that's the one I'm at now. And I'm, I'm obviously glad nice. I did. It's like, it's another one of them things in life where uh, you, I might never have, might never have gotten that opportunity. I guess it's, it's just strange. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess if uh, if that gym didn't get back to you, you might never have um, done it as well. Yeah, that's true. I might have just sacked it off completely. Yeah. So have you been doing consistently? Uh, it, yeah, pretty consistently with, um, obviously until this happened, I would try and again, cause like you just never know with shoots when your time off you're going to get and even yeah, it's tricky. editing on a night time can take up a lot of your time. So I would, mm. I'd tell myself that like in that week I would try and train pretty much every session I could. I'd sometimes do double sessions where it would just be a three hour long session. Um, because I knew then there would always be something that would come up that would mean that I couldn't do it. And yeah. um, like that's just, that's just a constant, like there'll always be a job, like you need to shoot in Manchester on Tuesday or something and then that means yes, that on cancel, Monday night you yeah. can't. Yeah. It's, it's the same for me, like when I could train consistently, I would be obsessed. I would train like four or five times a week. But then I would just like go traveling for a month or leave the country and I'd just end up stop training mm. and then I'd and then I'd sort of get back and I would maybe go to one session go back to one session get smashed and then I'd be like ah oh, not not sure about this and then I'd like have a you know a month off again and it's just very inconsistent yeah well like you say that's that's I can understand why you would drop out of it then it's not like you've stopped doing jiu-jitsu completely I'm sure mm. in the past year you'll have trained a couple times or something. It's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. some people I still quit train. completely. Yeah, no, I'll, ne I'll never quit completely. I just, I still train, you know, when I can. I train with friends and stuff, but it's, um, you know, I'm not I'm not likely just to walk into like a random gym and train and stuff, but I get quite a lot of opportunities to train with friends. So mm -hmm. that's, but you know, I'll, I'll try and take those opportunities when I can. Where's the best place you've trained, in your opinion? Uh, what in the world or yeah just um well i mean it depends it depends what kind of you know it depends where you're at in your jiu-jitsu journey but um probably i mean you know all the all the top gyms atos uh i reckon um leandro's gym ns brotherhood i mean all of these gyms just have like a ridiculous standard yeah and you know they're just the, the people there are just nuts like a, a blue belt there a blue or purple belt there will smash like 90 percent of the black belts in the uk you know just it's a just a different level of sort of athleticism craziness technique um but yeah i mean in england obviously you've got rogers 
Um, there's a few good gyms, a few good gyms up north, Stealth, Stealth BJJ. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't actually done too much traveling around UK, UK gyms. Um, what about you? Have you have you trained anywhere else, or are you just in the same place? Uh, yeah, I've trained at like five different gyms now. I think like five other gyms. Um, there's a place that I like to go to in Bali called Synergy because it's it's kind of like on a rooftop, and I thought it'd be horrendous being in like Indonesia wearing a gi. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, the heat. To, yeah, you think it'd be fucking yeah. horrible, but then it's it's on a rooftop, and they. they the key sessions are like in the afternoon so it starts to cool down a little bit but then it's just the sunset over the trees and stuff and it's super just a lovely environment very to be cool in. Um, nice atmosphere yeah amazing then obviously the food you can get after it it's just an all-round good place to be there um, yeah but I've then I, I trained in new york as well like a session in each i had two days um so i trained one in henzo's and one in marcello's and that was really interesting. It was just different to, um, I don't know, to see what those gyms are like. And you'll have you'll have been in both, I'm sure. But yeah, the the atmosphere in Marcelo's was super nice. I think because you cool, had that it? trickle down kind of. Even yeah. all the the brown and black belts didn't. There was no ego there, which was really yeah. interesting. Like a brown belt was asking me how my session went, and obviously just an out of town and just visiting. Um, most people wouldn't give a shit, but. That was it was a really good gym to be at that one I think. Yeah, I've never actually been to Henzo's. Oh really? Yeah, what was that like? like was I guess good. it was a bit different different from Marcelo's. Yeah, it was see Marcelo's everybody was together. It was um, yeah. it was white up to black. Uh in the particular session I was in. And then um Henzo's was their white belt class and then blue belt and above were in Nogi. I was in the, the white belt gi class and that was just very I don't know. I'm not sure I would like to train there full time if I lived there because it was a, everybody would come in. You'd have to stand in your not just stand in the lineup, but it was like stand in a line of six and then rows back and stuff. And then everybody was handing in like report cards who was who trained there permanently. Quite, yeah, um, it's quite official. Yeah, and then but I, I felt like the blue belt and above class wasn't like that at all. It, that was just mm. that was the. The blue mats that Danaher was leading next door, and that was just uh, I know that's that seemed to be a little more relaxed. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Marcelo's is just a different vibe, isn't it? It's yeah. pretty chilled out, which is to be expected, I think. From it comes from whoever's setting the standard, and it's him setting the standard, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. So who was taking the class when you um, when you trained at Marcelo's? Uh, Marcus Tanoko. Oh, he's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was and, it, and I saw he was on. Uh, I watched his Polaris match when it was he was last year. It was funny. Like he would just. I couldn't believe the pace that everybody drilled at. Like usually you're having a little bit of a jog around and you're you're drilling at the pace you want to. Um, but he was just shouting. He's like next, 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 and it was just fast. And it was June in New York. So it was hot as fuck. And uh, yeah. it was just real, steamy. real. Hard the room work. gets really steamy as well, doesn't it? Yeah. But it was funny, he was, he was shouting like, I wish I could do jiu-jitsu for you, but I can't, so you're going to have to do it. And it was just like, he had a good atmosphere to it, but fucking it was so hard. Yeah. It was intense. Yeah. Who's who's your coach in um, in London? He's called Martin Foote. Um, He's under, yeah. under Dickie Martin. Oh, okay, cool. 
Yeah. Cool. I believe. Yeah. What's it like? Sure it is. is it quite um? Is it quite like rough the gym? No, no. I know. Um, like. Carlson's has this uh, reputation. Yeah, reputation about it. But ours is very like Martin's, the opposite of that. It feels he's a very chill guy. That's cool. Um, he knows all the horrible techniques to like grind someone's nose if you want to take the neck and stuff and like we do get shown the odd few bits of that but the he'll just put funk music on it's all very like having a laugh and it's Chilled out. yeah it's it's got a good atmosphere to it because it's not let's learn how to i don't know it doesn't take itself too seriously i think it was a good i'm lucky that that was the gym that i landed on first yeah for sure yeah because i hate the whole um the the brazilian i guess it's the brazilian influence of just going hard go hard go hard and you sparring mm. even you're meant to be trying to fucking hurt each other and it there's yeah when it's a tuesday night and you've got to shoot the next morning you can't you don't want to get yeah you don't want to be getting like your head smashed in no like you want to you're there to have fun and to learn and to get in shape to better your body not to have some fucking idiot just do mm. something stupid um so i think that suits me better obviously if i was a serious competitor or whatever it would be different but for for what i want to do it's it's prime i think yeah i guess i mean people train jiu-jitsu for different reasons don't they some people like us just train to have a bit of fun get fit learn something new and then obviously you got the you got the guys in the room that want to be like full-time competitors so yeah they've got like a different different mentality haven't they they want to. They want to smash people. They want to get smashed. Mm-hmm. I do love um, the. You'll have had it a lot as well. I'm sure. Like, someone new comes in and they'll be a rugby player or something, or they're in. Like, you can tell someone's fucking athletic. They're just in better shape than you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they go they to the lift gym all the time. Lift weights. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got to like spar with them, and you can't be an asshole, obviously, because it's like maybe their first or second session. But then, you've also got to keep this fucking mong at bay potentially and it's just <laughs> i love that um yeah it's a good it's, feeling isn't it? It, it's interesting not to beat on people but like there was there was a guy who um who i asked him i was like oh, have you trained rugby he was like yeah yeah because he had like a canterbury top on or something just a classic rugby brand yeah and i was like ah oh, it's like oh, here we go then and then he just straight away even though we started from the knees he just tried to dive his head into me and like, the fuck and it was there's been a few times like that. I even took like took a a punch across the jaw not not that long before lockdown, an accidental one, but he just carried on. And I was just like, fuck, just had to like rub it off and carry on because I just full on punch. Yeah. I'm glad I was wearing my mouth guard. It's horrible. Yeah, he didn't like I mean, mean to smack me. It just as it came, I think I was turtled or something. As his hand came through, he just like cracked me across the jaw. Gave you a little uppercut. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, I mean those guys just—I reckon those guys just find it hard, don't they, to sort of control themselves. They—they they play like rugby is such an intense sport. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you go to jiu-jitsu where people are telling you like to slow down, do the technique, do all of that. It's—they're probably just you know thinking just like I'm just gonna smash. Yeah, because that's that's served them well for so long. Exactly. Like, in rugby, if you started saying that you're going to use technique and not just run at someone they'd be like I don't holding know, back do not know yeah, what you're talking back. about yeah yeah exactly yeah you're just end up losing yeah it's not a thing whereas um if you were to try and do that in a gym seven times a week 
you definitely just you, you're not going to be asked to come back or you're just going to piss people off who are then a blue belt might then start just fucking ruining them because mm. there's always somebody bigger and there's always somebody better that's that's the thing you can exactly. never be the big guy in, in the gym that's what's cool that's what's cool about jiu-jitsu yeah like obviously unless you're someone unless you're like the best guy in the world there's always going to be someone that's you know in just like a normal local gym there's always going to be someone bigger there's always going to yeah. be someone better than you that can come along and just teach you a lesson and i think that's if that clicks early on with you and you you're very much fine with a five foot two midget worker of some sort yeah just destroying you yeah just choking you choking you choking you and if you can if you can look at that with a bit of respect and just be like fuck that's really it's almost like a magic trick if you can be impressed by that magic trick then then you you're in and you'll probably want to learn it but then some people's egos are too big and that just pops their balloon and exactly yeah deal with that i mean i've seen i've seen people just come into the gym throughout the years of doing it of just you know having that attitude of like i'm the best or i'm gonna smash people and then they go up against some like you know purple belt girl and they lose and you see those people just sort of like slowly drift away they just can't handle it can they it's funny like i do I, i love that because it just that's not gonna happen in a boxing gym you never you're never gonna get somebody just I don't know, you're never gonna get a six foot two weightlifter and then have a five foot two girl just knock him out or knock him down or just do any real damage because yeah. you can always just rely on just fucking smashing somebody away. And that yeah, that is sure. that is the interesting part of it I think. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. How's your um like every single bit of your work I guess related to grapple clubs probably going to be just on hold right for now yeah I mean uh, it's it's been a weird time hasn't it like just trying to I've been trying to just make new content um, but it's hard it's hard obviously you can't go out and film stuff I've just been trying to repurpose old content edit stuff I've been doing a lot more design work um I had a bunch of shoots scheduled, um, instructionals, I had a few trips, different seminars and camps and stuff which are cancelled. So yeah, it's just been it's been a bit of an awkward time for it. Mm-hmm. I think the hard thing is it feels wrong to just wait around. Like it yeah. feels like there's I mean there is always something to be working on, but not really. Like you're even if you go all in of just trying to repurpose content, you know that you're only going to get out 5% of what you would be if you were just out there shooting new stuff and For sure. doing it. I think that's what that's what I'm struggling with. And people are trying to shoot in isolation, just do their own yeah. interesting ideas, but I just can't. I can't bring myself to, to do that when I know that as soon as lockdown's over and shoots are starting again, it's just going to be hectic. Mm-hmm. But it's like so you were saying about, earlier, this time this time off is quite nice for that. Yeah. So I mean, I'm guessing you had loads of shoots scheduled. That you I had cancelled. Yeah, I had a really nice like four weeks set up. I was gonna be. I think I heard, like all my first shoot got cancelled on like March 14th. I think it was. I had like three enemy shoots lined up. Then I was gonna go to Croatia, and do a two week shoot, and then I was gonna come back and have a couple more corporate clients. 
so like the whole four weeks was looking quite nice and then um just one by one over the next like three days i think it was everything just dropped off it was just um, yeah and but i was just expecting it like as soon as i'd see a phone call from somebody i was like yeah here we go like this is this is going to be cancelled because it was getting to the point where i was tempted say the croatia one i was tempted to just say like i i, I don't think we should be going anywhere because my flight was due to get into italy um the day their lockdown was initially supposed to lift and i was like it's just airports are fucking horrible places anyway and if you've got loads of people traveling through on the same day potential extra checks and stuff i knew it'd just be a nightmare and it's like even when this is over our jobs then going to be harder again just trying to travel mm-hmm. around and, and shoot yeah have you had any job offers like, uh, i've got a shoot next week actually but it's me and two other guys uh, shooting is food it, what's so that's it just like, like in a restaurant like a studio shoot oh like in a restaurant yeah so the the actual all the restaurants obviously closed at the moment so we're just going to um set up like a studio shoot in the restaurant essentially um but yeah me and two other guys and then that's it so it's um it's a minimal risk one i think and it's quite a nice one to get back into i think because it's not i don't know like i'm dreading the first big shoot going back just be rusty. Yeah, wrap your head around stuff. <laughs> remembering, and, remembering how to use the camera again. But even the even handheld, like yeah, I did some pull-ups on a rugby bar the other day in the park, and then the next day I was like, "Fuck!" Like my my arms just weren't Take used it. to it anymore. Even yeah. like the fatigue of filmmaking that has on your body that that's just gonna be. I'm just not gonna be used to that either. Mm. Do you do a lot of the filming yourself, or do you direct produce more? Uh, I do most of the film myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like a primarily DP, but then sometimes I have to direct things, um, just because like that's just the way. It's just, it's in the same way that you get a lot of directors who are kind of pushed to shoot their own stuff, just with budgets and what have you. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I'm in that middle ground where, I, like, there there are a fair few shoots I do where I've got a director, but then there's still I'm not fully into that world where I can leave behind the jobs that need to be self-directed yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't mind that like especially if I'm having to do the edit as well then at least you know from start to finish what the whole thing looks like um, you could, you're not you're not trying to build something from from an idea that wasn't yours which I think is really, really yeah. tough sometimes yeah I'm in a, a similar I'd say a similar sort of boat as you it's just um a lot of the, a lot of the projects I do don't don't really have the budget to have like a separate director, separate you know person for each each title. So I end up doing a lot of the sort of yeah shooting, directing, bit of editing as well, which I enjoy doing. Um, like you said, you can sort of, you you know what it's going to look like from start to finish, but it is nice when someone sort of like picks up the editing or picks up the color grading, the sound, all of that stuff. Yeah. There's a project, there's two projects out at the moment. Uh, they're not out yet, sorry, but waiting to come out that I've shot. And there's been times before where I've had edits, I've seen edits of, of stuff I've shot and I've just been like, what the fuck is that? And then these two, both of them are very good. Like the edits just, it, it's something that I wouldn't have done. Like it's it's a lot better than I would have done, which then I'm always just like, let's, let's 
where an editor should come in. Like they've yeah, they've definitely. come up with new art. Like they they've taken what you've shot and done it in such a way that makes it better again. Instead of just pieced together, it's yeah, it's become more. Um, yeah. So I can't wait for them to come out because they are really like they're really good for just to see how the end result came about. I'm impressed with them. Yeah, for sure. What um what kind of stuff do you like shooting the most? It's quite tough, you know. Like when I'm busy, I do like the odd studio shoot because then you've just got coffee coming to you, you got snacks, you got food. The location might be 45 minutes away. And even if it's on sticks, then you're like, it's that, that's a nice day. They're not, they're not tough shoots, but then they're also rarely the ones where you walk away um, fully like satisfied with them. Um, so then sometimes when I'm busy and I need a like, you know, a, a good one. Um, but usually, it's kind of hard to say. I think I'm trying to think of the projects that I've enjoyed the most. I think. Anything where it needs a good, like light build, yeah. as opposed to just um, as opposed to just trying to get away with what you can. Um, I do love having kind of like a, a couple thousand budget to be able to just bring in some shape to lights and have somebody. There's so many times that where I'll do a shoot and I've kind of like wanted to have a HMI or something but you don't have the manpower to be moving that around um, or the budget to even hire it I do like to be able to experiment or just add in and make things how they should be just give things some shape because like the, I mean there's even been a, a shoot before where we were, it was an overcast day and we were shooting a spring summer collection um, and without the HMI we would have been fucked and I had to really get production to get me that but um with the hmi and a couple other bits it just it was a much better shoot i think i just love lighting and lighting and planning shots out you know the more the more focused shoots i think yeah yeah i mean i haven't uh i haven't actually had a lot of experience on these sort of on the bigger sets with the lights and stuff i've always wanted to i've done some things where i've assisted um, but yeah, all all of my stuff, like obviously shooting a lot of martial arts content, mm. the, the budgets are just a lot lower, so everything's a lot smaller and simpler. Yeah. But I um I saw the uh, the Anthony Joshua project yeah. you worked on. That was yeah. cool. That, that was mental. Hectic. That was good though. Yeah. yeah. Was that in a studio? It a was. The shame about that was, um, do you know Baby Miller, the boxer? That's who he was meant to fight initially. So the team, the director and producer, they were out in Miami shooting Baby Miller before I got to shoot the AJ bits. Okay. So kind of the DP out there had already kind of had a lighting plan. It was it was obviously, the, the ad was to go back and forth between them. So the DP out there had come up with his lighting plan and applied it to that. And then that was brought back to me to kind of not steer too far away from. Apart from colours, it was like AJ was having a lot of blue in and Baby Miller. It was all like red, red and blue, in. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But um, but then, of course, like Miller got caught with performance enhancements, which meant I was restricted on my lighting, yet it was then, it didn't matter anyway. I, I could have just changed it you up. Could have just gone nuts. Yeah, yeah. But that was, 
that was probably the most crazy travel I've had for a shoot because I was already in Croatia for a shoot. I'd had to drive from Croatia through Slovenia then to Italy, fly back to London, then get up to Sheffield all in one day. So I got to Sheffield at like 1am, then I was on set for 8am. We did the shoot all day and then I was back down to London the next morning, flew back to Italy, then Slovenia and Croatia. It was like 36 hours or something. That's mental. Between being yeah. in Croatia and back in Croatia, it was horrendous. But that was ridiculous. really good. What was AJ like? Was he cool? Yeah, lovely guy. Really nice guy. Uh, yeah. That's the thing, like you... I, people can easily put on a persona, and he, it still might have been, but it genuinely seemed like a decent chap. Like between takes and stuff, he wanted to just chat to people. Um, That's cool. He was happy at the end to carry on doing extra takes, but it was his management that pulled him away. Um, yeah, and he, I think he gets, he understands massively that video is super important. Like he had his own uh, videographer there. With well, he's he's got his own team, hasn't he? Yeah. So they, they were shoot shooting it all series. as well. He does like sort of vlog series, doesn't he? Yeah. So I think he gets it. He, he understands why things can take a little while and why why they're even necessary in the first place. I think a lot of uh, a lot of big time people don't understand that being on the cameras is what got them to where they were anyway. Exactly. Um, so when their patience runs out for being on camera, it's like it doesn't make sense. That's the sure. that's what got you to where you are in the first place. Yeah. Was that um, was that the one and only time you shot with them? Have you done more? It was, yeah, and there was there was then the next year, uh, so last year, there was a opportunity to shoot with him on a Lucas Aid shoot, but I was already busy, which was frustrating. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. Um, in good. fact, annoyingly, my camera went on at the shoot, hired out, but I couldn't, I couldn't make it. It would have been, it would have been a laugh, I think. Yeah, if there's, if there's, um, if there is a next time, let me know. I'll um, come along. Hold your tripod or. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you a fan of him yeah I am. yeah he's cool yeah, yeah i'll make you coffees <laughs> what do you reckon he'd uh with him and gypsy king what's his name again yeah um oh what is his name uh, tyson 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 fury. tyson fury yeah yeah i mean um yeah that would be awesome i've got i've got a feeling tyson fury would win yeah, yeah i don't know why it's just he's a you can't beat he's, a Raj packet, I think. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? Such as Mike Tyson in his day, there's there's something to be said for having a little bit of a screw loose to be some yeah. part of your psyche that just rules out normal normal thinking of like, oh, I'm getting beat up here. He's the kind of guy that if he was getting beat on, enjoys it. Just, yeah, we just love it and get straight back into it. Yeah, are you a boxing fan? Uh, not really, no. No. I couldn't tell you yeah. any, any apart from Billy Joel Saunders, maybe. I couldn't tell you anybody who's not a heavyweight. I think it's just only the heavyweights that I know. Yeah, I mean, they're the ones that get the attention, aren't they? Yeah. It's. I think it's just a knockout thing, isn't it? You don't... It's the same with UFC. It's rare you get <laughs> a full-on clean knockout when it's 135 pounds. Lightweights. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, people, people can... Um, if people don't really understand the sport, they can't appreciate the technique and what's going on. But everyone understands a knockout. Like everyone understands when you see someone on the floor unconscious, you know who won the fight. 
Yeah. That's uh, and it's even harder with MMA, like trying to trying to educate people on jujitsu when they've you know they haven't got a clue what's going on. It's um you know people just look at it and think people are hugging on the floor. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. did you watch the UFC last week? I did. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I don't know his name. He was the the old white chap who uh, he was just trying to go twister after twister. On, on the he was oh really Who, he's going head and arm all the time and then when the guy was trying to get rid of the head and arm he'd try and take his back and then when he'd try and defend his back he'd be going into twister was it on um, the main card or prelims I think it was prelims you know yeah I only watched the main card he basically went for a twister the guy knew exactly what was coming but still couldn't defend it because he would just be getting elbows in the ribs and then he got to the position and then the bell went so then that was the round end and um, then he came out again and was just going for the twister again and then somehow somehow didn't get it and then he went for it a third time and even uh, Joe Rogan's commentary was just like he's going for it again like just surprised <laughs> that this guy because he was so methodical relentlessly going for how it. he was fucking doing it yeah I, I want to find it, his name it's hard it's hard to get something if, if your opponent knows it's coming as well yeah, but that's that's Very what hard. made this so much more interesting because the guy knew as soon as he had like lockdown on that leg, the guy he knows knew. He's gonna go for it. Yeah, but still he would just be like climbing the ladder, just that next yeah. step. He'd just be like arm around, then he'd get that, and then he'd try and it was just even though he knew every single step that the other guy wanted, he just Yeah, just wouldn't let him have it. Didn't get it. For some reason UFC doesn't come up on my Instagram. I have to send you. I'm sure it'll be there'll be a highlight reel of it some sort. I have to send. I'm surprised. I'm surprised actually. I'm surprised I haven't seen it on some random jujitsu forum or jujitsu page. Turns out I have my phone on airplane mode. That's probably why it doesn't work, eh? <laughs> um, but yeah, like just real, real good. It was well right. before. It was well before the um, Inganu fight. I don't know. Oh yeah, here we are. Thug nasty, Bryce Mitchell. Okay. Yeah, I know the guy. This chap just looks yeah. like an average dude. Looks like a bit of a hillbilly. Yeah, but so fucking like just amazing. Really, really. Yeah, good. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Uh, I won't tell you one either. I don't even know if I remember who won because it was that late. Yeah. But yeah, that was really good. That was a really good, um, like, even prelim card, I think. It was Every cool, wasn't it? It was good, yeah. I mean, it's just nice to watch some jiu-jitsu, some MMA. Mm. Nice to watch some live sports. It's just so strange. Uh, a few of them took the piss out of, uh, like, walking out and, and throwing your hat in the crowd and stuff. Just, it is so, I don't know, it must be so uh, weird being a competitor there. I don't know if it's, better or worse to not have a crowd yeah it's probably a bit of both isn't it I mean mm. for some people it's probably better for some people it's worse like it must be nice not having you know not having people booing and um, not having that pressure of just like thousands of people watching you but then also that it probably goes the other way doesn't it like people probably get pumped up from listening to the crowd I think that's the, it the extra adrenaline like even uh, Khabib got booed a bunch when he beat Conor McGregor. Yeah. But yeah. He's the kind of guy who doesn't give a fuck, so it's fine. No, but I know. If that's that was just, a different that's just person, gonna egg him on, isn't it? 
Yeah. I think that's... Yeah, that's what drives him slightly, is that he loves upsetting uh, all the people who were there to see McGregor. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if McGregor will ever come back again. He's always he's teasing it, isn't he? Yeah. Well... He, I feel like the original plan was meant to be whoever won last week's fight would fight uh, McGregor would then fight the winner of uh, I know because it all got fucked up with it not being yeah it was it was meant to be Ferguson Khabib first yeah and then it, it, yeah it, may, it probably would have been the winner of Ferguson and Khabib would have fought McGregor but... I think it was the, the winner of Ferguson Khabib was then going to fight the winner of uh, Gaethje McGregor yeah I think that was the original that was yeah. what got proposed you just you just never know McGregor though do you it's just like there there isn't like a isn't set in stone who he's going to fight it's I think it's all up to him like who he decides he'll end up fighting yeah you know what I mean he doesn't fit into like the normal hierarchy of like oh you beat this guy and then you're going to fight this guy and then you're going to fight for the belt like he just decides who he wants to fight and the UFC gives it to him well look at Tony Ferguson had like 12 wins um, in a row hadn't been beat for the last time Tony Ferguson had been beat Conor McGregor was still on welfare and yeah. uh, women didn't even fight in the UFC I was reading and um, yeah I saw, I saw that post Did you see that yeah, post it had like a list just of different mad things and then yeah but yet as soon as Conor McGregor came in, he just gets the title shots and gets to get titles, whereas Tony Ferguson's still grinding away to try and get a title shot. And it just seems like, yeah, Conor McGregor does circumvent all them usual pathways, which he is does, a bit unfair yeah. I mean, to some. It, it is unfair, but people, ultimately, the, the UFC is just, um, it's entertainment, isn't it? Yeah, it's money. I think the, the entertainment aspect sort of overtakes the sport aspect. Yeah. It's not like it's not like a normal sport that has you know the official rankings, official points. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's it's all about who brings in the most money. Yeah, I was worried when um, there was that Madison Square Garden fight, the uh, the bad motherfucker belt, and the rock yeah. was putting on. And I was like, fuck, like this. It's a, it's a little like bit cringy, was, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit forced. It felt like it marked the downfall of UFC. <laughs> the beginning as of being the end. Cool. Yeah. As it being was like WWE. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't mind it. Like I, I like the trash talking to a certain extent. Um but it does get a bit too much, doesn't it? Mm. Oh the the trash talking's not too bad, especially when it's some of them absolutely know how to how to be funny with it, I think, and understand that it's um a bit of a joke. Especially when someone's trying to Someone lower is trying to trash talk them. Like I feel like this is Jeremy Stevens once tried to say some shit to Conor McGregor and he's just like I, I don't even care about him, because because there's no actual animosity there. When someone's trying to create something out of nothing, it's a bit daft, and I think that gets exposed. But yeah, the back and forth like between Khabib, then it's just like stupid. I think that was just all a bit ridiculous, and it then started a bit too much. Down a, yeah. Started getting Got family crazy. members into it and religions and stuff, and it was just like, yeah. what the fuck is even happening here? Yeah, it was nuts. That was crazy. But, you know, UFC got exactly what they wanted out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they even, at the time, when he, he threw that metal dolly through the bus window, 
at the time Dana White's obviously publicly speaking about how bang out of order that is and then fast forward three months or whenever it was and he's running the clip as the promotional for the pay-per-view and it's like at the heel of known at the time of it being put through the window that it's you know it's not it's definitely not a good thing but at the, he'll have been thinking they're gonna about use how, it. This is, how this is helping how they're going to use it yeah yeah that was mad wasn't it yeah but there's another one on tomorrow night I just I don't know who's fighting oh it's tonight anyway isn't it is it? Yeah, I feel like there's someone tonight. I thought it was um I thought it was postponed or rescheduled. Oh really? Or is that a different one? That might have been a different one actually. Uh, let me check. They're not pushing the pay per view, so you might be right. But there was no. meant to be it's meant to be Saturday, Wednesday and then Saturday or something. Sweet. Who's on it? God knows. I think OSP. That's that's um, all I can remember. Oh no, yeah, Wednesday. You okay, Jacksonville. it's uh, it's um, Anthony Smith. Yeah, against Glover to Sh- to share. Yeah, you'll do a better job of pronouncing that than me. <laughs> He's got a couple X's in his name, like. Yeah, yeah, I struggled there a little bit. You, have you been to Brazil much? Um. Yeah, I've been twice actually. I went when I was, um, I think I was about 20. I went with my girlfriend. We went traveling around South America. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay. Um, I think a few other a few other South American countries. Um, and yeah, I love Brazil. And then recently I went back. I went back last year and filmed, um, filmed BJJ Stars. It was... Uh, it was a really controversial jiu-jitsu event with um, Erbeth. Do you know Erbeth Santos? No, his name is It Basically, um, during the main event, it was him against Felipe Pena. Yeah. And someone in Felipe Pena's corner was talking shit to Erbeth during the match. And Erbeth just went absolute psycho mode and ran off the stage and, like, flying kicked the guy in the crowd. And... Uh, I'll send you a clip of it, and then it was just absolute pandemonium. There was just a, a giant riot basically in the crowd, and it spilled onto the mat, and everyone was just like chaotically running around fighting. Holy shit! And me and my friend James um, were just in the middle of it, so we were just like right in the thick of it, just filming. I was filming with the FS5. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, did you do anything with that? Did you release it at all? Well, the thing is. Um, I wasn't really allowed to release it because obviously it's, it looks bad on the event. Yeah. But but loads of other people like ripped a stream and released it and stuff. But I've I've teased it. But obviously my footage is the best because I'm literally like in the thick of it. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe I'll release it like in a couple of years or something when everyone's yeah. forgotten it. If the but actual yeah, event, if the promotion goes away, then it's not like you can be shitting on the name because they don't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, I've told like I've 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 mentioned it. They should use it as promo. Like yeah. they should try and line up an, a rematch between Pena and Erbeth and just use that as a promo, similar to McGregor Khabib. People people would just love it. Mm. But it is a bit it is a bit risky, isn't it? It depends where your ethics lie with that sort of thing. Seems like Pena 
causes, I don't know if he brings it on himself or he starts it or what, but him and Gordon Ryan are obviously always got shitty little back and forths and there's, he seems yeah. like one that comes up quite a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't really blame that on Penner to be honest. I mean, I'd say Gordon is to uh, Penner's a pretty nice guy. He doesn't really talk shit to other people, mm. so that's probably coming from Gordon's side a little bit more. Gordon Ryan talks shit to every single person on the contract. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, funny yeah. one. Have you yeah. worked with him much at all? I know he uh, actually he he. What was he kicking off about? There was the uh, grappler of the year or something. I remember he was kicking off about that. What was it on my page? Or? Yeah, yeah, on Grapple Club. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so, so I posted. Um, so basically, I, he was, he was. Um, I think he was questioning, he was questioning someone's position on the rankings, and um, I basically pointed out that if you if you look at the people that Gordon's beat, um, there's not actually that many good people. Um, in you know recently, obviously he's amazing. He's amazing at Nogi, but if you look at the sort of last five six people he's faced, I said that two or three of them were like retired MMA guys, or um, you know just like low level jujitsu guys. And I posted that, and he he reshared it and just like gave me some shit for it. Just fair enough, obviously. Like he can do whatever yeah. he wants. Um, and to be honest, I was like I was slightly incorrect. It was like two retired MMA guys instead of three retired MMA guys. Oh, right, yeah. So like my 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 stats weren't exactly right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. he's even said so, that his EBI, EBI, I think it's EBI. He's even said that it's not competitive enough. Like uh, yeah, he'll know that he's had many matches that are just bullshit. Like Tim Spriggs in uh, ADCC, I watched his, I watched Gordon Ryan's back take uh, instruction, I think. And uh, he puts his match with Tim Spriggs up and he's like, he basically admits that, he's like, well, Tim Spriggs can't do jiu-jitsu, which is quite handy when he tries to do jiu-jitsu here because then it just left him wide open. He knows, I guess there's that certain bound where he, he, think, he says he's the best in the world, but then also says everyone else is shit. So yeah. You can't be too offended when you're saying that all he's done is beat shit people. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, I know... I know at the moment he is probably the best nogi guy in the world. Mm -hmm. um, just because, you know, I think head to head against Penner, he, he has a very good chance of beating him, even though he's lost him twice. Even against Galvao, I think he has a very good chance of beating him. But um, when you haven't beaten them, I don't think you can go around like so confidently claiming you are the best in the world. Yeah. Um, like, do I think he can beat them? Yeah, he probably can. But until you beat them, you can't really talk too much shit. That's the way I look at it anyway. Yeah, it's a valid point. You can't, like... You can't say it without contact, uh, contest if it was... If you yeah, say, well, you can't, you can't say it with 100%... You can't say it with 100% confidence, can you? No. If you, you know, but... I mean, his record is good. It's just not as good as people think. Yeah. Be interesting to see next year... Yeah. The next ADCC because he has to fight Galvo, right? Yeah, I think it's in two. It's in two years, isn't it? It's every two years next year. Oh wait, no, it will be next year, won't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. 20, yeah, it'll be next year, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Which now it just feels yeah. like it's going to fly over because by the time Jiu Jitsu starts up again, it'll be basically a year from that. Yeah. 
most likely. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Do you do you watch do you watch a lot of jujitsu? Uh admittedly right now no. I used to when I was training it I'd be watching it all the time because then it kind of felt like it was um sinking in more. Like the the amount of Gordon Ryan fights I'd watch and then just try and mimic some of the some of the simple shit that he does and then it works, like just trapping arms and butterfly hooking people yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. And um it kind of like Marcelo style of that. Like when I was training and watching them, it made so much more sense. Um, I did watch Submission Underground recently, but I don't know. I don't like the way that's ran. Like it just seems a bit daft. It's weird. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Did you watch the tag team one? No. No, Fuck I just me. I can't. I'll never I do that again. I can't watch that shit. Who Who was it? Was it like Gordon? No, it wasn't Gordon. No, it was, it was Craig Jones and Nicky Craig Ward. Jones, the Vinnie Magaleras and, and Kyle. Boehm or Kyle Boehm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I it can't get behind that shit. Completely stupid. It had uh, Craig Jones stood at one side, Kyle wants his face at the other. Yeah, and it was just Nicky Rod trying to like drag drag him over like a caveman for about <laughs> five ten minutes, and then it, that was it. It was, it was over. It was ridiculous. stupid. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about that. I mean, for me, I don't know. Do, do you enjoy watching jujitsu? Uh. Hit and miss. Most Depends. of the time, yeah. Miss, Most of the yeah. time, I think so. Yeah, I mean, for me, like ADCC is amazing. World ski is like hit and miss. Um, super fights, like I mean, it is it is weird, isn't it? Jiu-jitsu is just a strange thing. Like I'm involved. My whole life is like, you know, around jiu-jitsu. All my work is involved with jiu-jitsu, and um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's like I don't enjoy watching just like a regular jiu-jitsu match yeah if it's adcc i love watching it um and certain super fights are wicked but yeah i think i don't think jiu-jitsu will ever be like this you know mainstream sport that people tune in to watch like um here on gracie v who is he against there was a big super fight with him and somebody else, and it was just so... Which, Gracie? Hiron, Hannah's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Against, uh, um, was it against, like, an MMA guy? Maybe. It was a very popular person, very high level. Um, I could probably Google it, actually. Was it against uh, Cyborg? No, I don't think so. Uh, let me have a look. But it was, it was basically... Oh, it was versus Galvo. I feel like it was oh, yeah. very boring because it, it was McGee, and uh, it was yeah. just fifteen minutes of just nonsense. Fifteen minutes of Gracie just um, trying to survive, basically. Yeah, and then. Well, he was he was trying to prove the point that um, he could hang with like the best in the world. Yeah, but he didn't really prove much because he just tried to survive. And everyone knows, like at that level, it's very hard to submit someone if they're just trying to defend. Mm-hmm. You know, like if he opened up, Galvao would have just smashed him. But if if a guy is just actively just trying to survive, it's very hard to do anything. Yeah, even at even at our level, like just like any blue belt can survive, probably survive a purple belt really if they wanted to. But it's just yeah, you get sure. nowhere then. What, what what are you doing with your ten minutes? You're sure, doing, sure. When when both people are when both people are at the same sort of level, one person trying to survive, it's going to be impossible for the guy to submit. Yeah. 
You know, obviously, like a black belt can tap a, a blue belt, purple belt easily, even if they are trying to survive. But yeah, when it when the level is equal, it's just not like that. No, I feel like in that match as well, it was like the past uh, the last one minute, I think, of the fifteen minute match. Then he started to uh, look a bit more active, because then when the, the when the buzzer goes, then it's like, ah, oh, if only we had more time. When he fine well knows that if you just look active for a minute, people will people will give you the benefit of the doubt of like, oh, well, he was trying. But it wasn't yeah, very boring sure. much that. And I, I don't for like sure. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, have you, um, what have you got planned for the rest of the week? Uh, I'm actually going to go... My car's not with me right now, so I need to go pick it up. It went in for repair before lockdown happened, and then that was it. So then uh, it, it took stuck. a while taking a while to get back yeah so i've just had yeah. no car for a long time now yeah so i need to go 300 miles north and get that um but there, that's about it i mean there's not much not much else to be doing i've got a little bit to work on that's it yeah which is um it's trying to trying to exercise like i, I hate how i can either i can just run or cycle it's i'm so bored of doing those not many options is there yeah i'm just that. i've been lazy to be honest i need to I need to do a bit more. Yeah. But yeah, it's annoying not being able to just like, for me, it's just, yeah, just like, you know, restaurants, stuff like that, just going to the cinema, just simple things like that is starting to miss out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's only so many like movies you walks. can watch at your house and yeah. stuff. And then, like, There's only so many like walks you can go for. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, I bought a bicycle uh, in the early days of all of this because. Yeah. There was like this one part near my house, and I was just like, right, I'm bored of this fucking place already. It's been about two weeks. Um, you just, I don't know, you need that freshness sometimes, especially when you're running, because it's, it's grueling as it, it enough anyway. Yeah. If you're just running the same route over and over again, I just don't have the mentality that I can deal with that. It's just so boring. Yeah, it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. How does your training look like usually anyway? Um, non-existent. No. <laughs> yeah, I just I do I do little bits and bobs, go to the gym and stuff. You know, try and get some exercise outside. But um, I, th- I think like last year I was quite motivated. I was going to the gym a lot, and just in the last sort of twelve months, I've just been so hectic with work. I know it's not really a good excuse, but I've just um, I've let work take over. Yeah. So, yeah. What What about you? Uh, I I was getting well into swimming like as of last end of last summer I joined a gym where they had a pool and I could like when I wasn't doing jiu-jitsu it meant that I could go in the pool and go in the sauna and stuff and kind of just reset my body a bit um, and do a little bit of weightlifting and then uh, yeah then I, I, I don't know I miss swimming now a lot I don't, I'm not very good at it I don't think I get tired kind of quickly I'll be like in it's there hard. 20 minutes and I'm done what but, do you do, lengths? Yeah, just lengths. But yeah. even like breaststroke, if I just did breaststroke for 20 minutes, I think I'd struggle. It's just mm. a different, because I, I haven't done it much in my life. Trying to get then into it and use it as a main form of exercise is just like, I don't know, maybe my efficiency is not there somewhat, but. Um, mm. Probably your technique. Yeah. But just like, also your body, like your muscles just aren't built up for it. No. Like you're just not used to, it's not like a natural thing, is it? But I think I enjoy that in a way. It's it's quite it's fresh. It's another thing to get better at. But 
Um, yeah. yeah, I miss that now. And the sauna and shit as well, just like everything just makes your body just click out. And then at the moment, just it's running. Nice, isn't it? Yeah. If you're running all the time, it, I feel tight and I just feel like, no, I, I haven't got a flexible body anymore. I should probably just do more yoga, I guess. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, I've probably got to get going soon. I've yeah, got me a, too. Uh, work deadline. What, We're um, an hour and 16. But uh, yeah, good to chat, man. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you too. We'll um, do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Cheers, mate. All right, see you later. See you later.